0: Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is The Big Question, the show that gives you too much information about what would happen if Chris Angel could brainwash the whole world, or has he already? Ooh.
1: Mind freak!
0: Fire it. Uh-oh! Which we have seen in the MCU with Mysterio, if you think about it, Marvel's probably most effective villain to date. I'm Eric Boss. Yes. here with me is Tommy Bechtold. Welcome back, buddy.
1: Hello. I'm just fantasizing, fantasy casting right now, sleight of hand, punk rock magicians as MCU villains, like David Blaine as Bullseye or something. And I think Mysterio as Chris Angel would be amazing, especially with his slight lisp and his weird, like kind of (laughs) gothy movements. I think that would be incredible.
0: Hit me with that big question.
1: All right, you brought up Mysterio. So here is the big question. Drum roll, please. Is Mysterio actually the most dangerous and effective villain in the MCU? to date.
0: Our Infinity Saga rewatch has just wrapped and uh, before we move on to rewatches of earlier Spider-Man films, it's gonna be next up on our dog and very exciting. Far From Home did prove, in my opinion, that Mysterio, while not the most cosmically powerful threat, is by far the most effective in the way that he like permanently up the hero's world and even scarier ways he could still f- up everything.
1: Agreed. I think he was a devastating villain and and also done so well because you liked him for so long in the yeah. movie. You were like, this is such an interesting take Yeah, on
0: devastatingly this. charming for sure. I wish I knew how to
1: quit you. Oh, Gyllenhaal, he has it, Gyllenhaal. <laughs> He's got it all going on. Well, part of the
0: reason Mysterio is actually so effective is that it's really a team effort. It, Gyllenhaal is a big part of it, mm-hmm. but Quentin Beck invented the holographic projection tech that Tony Stark introduced as barf. Civil War, but Beck really combined that tech with weaponized drones that came from another Ex Stark employee, William Ginter Riva, who's covered in Jeff Bridges' spit.
1: With a box of scraps,
0: they assembled a team of experts, including people who were great at screenwriting and wardrobe sleight of hand gossip. I think was was one person's skill. <laughs> she just told them that Peter Parker was going to get the glasses.
1: I heard a rumor that Peter's on the rocks with his gal pal. She likes to go by MJ. Oh,
0: Gossip Queen, what will we do without you?
1: <laughs> XOXO, Gossip Queen. Hey, uh,
0: we know how it works in this industry, Tommy. Everything starts with a rumor, hey, uh, Tommy, I got a gig opening up for you. My friend at WME said that they're going to be casting a Goonies reboot,
1: and you're going to be great for Chuck. I think I'll go for Brant, yeah.
0: Do not give Brolin that roll that guy's too busy he's got enough work
1: no yeah he's got he's got to come back as thanos i need him i need more thick daddy thanos (laughs) (laughs) just with thanos and goonies (laughs) yeah that works that tracks (laughs) i am Inevitable.
0: <laughs> and we should acknowledge uh, that this uh, Team Mysterio, while Quentin Beck seems dead, that rest of the team is still active and still very much around the world and can do horrible, horrible harm.
1: Yeah, and if anyone could pull off seeming dead, it's Mysterio. That's kind of his whole bag, yeah. right? Like his whole He's game, is illusions. an actor.
0: And the best actors, Tommy, can really fool the whole world. Tom Hanks has so many bodies buried in his backyard. The best thing about being seen as
1: the nicest guy in Hollywood is that no one searches my backyard for bodies.
0: Actually, I think we accidentally attributed to a conspiracy theory right now, so. Total conspiracy. We might just have to cut that. (laughs)
1: We might just have to cut it. Henry Winkler runs so many pyramid schemes. <laughs> if you go to a party at Henry Winkler's house, he just sells you Avon and Rodan and Field skincare.
0: Yeah, but so devastatingly charming, the Fonz gets you. You can't ya. say
1: no to the Fonz, no.
0: And even when you know he's got you, you're like, ah, you know what? Still, good investment.
1: <laughs> I don't have $3,200, but I'm gonna write you a check today, Fonz. <laughs> you're just too good. I'm gonna have to wear a tie, maybe. A lot of paperwork. Hey. All right, let's
0: talk about how uh, Quentin Beck's technology works exactly, because there is a lot to dig into how exactly this works. All right, so he uses this fleet of drones, and each drone contains a projector and a series of weapons. It has like sonic shockwave tech, it has like pulse blasts, it has like machine gun fire. These drones are programmed to work together in concert to end up producing a very realistic, all encompassing hologram, plus the actual real world brick and mortar damage to back it up. So people don't know that the difference now it's interesting when beck gains access to stark satellite via edith that drone fleet gets expanded they already had some drones now they have like a ton of drones capable of being deployed anywhere around the world because you know it's from space they can do this to conjure an avengers level threat that was like their ultimate goal so that they can be the new avenger right of the world and gain a monopoly on uh on terror or uh heroism on earth
1: yeah both scary scary why not both? Yeah, both 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 both. 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 Both is good.
0: Now, to me, one of the drones' most lethal attributes is that they can cloak themselves to be basically invisible and unhearable. They project an image, it seems like, of an empty background space where they're currently floating. It seems like a similar cloaking tech that we've seen on Tony's cargo plane in Spider-Man Homecoming, but they're insanely quiet. Like real drones, those things are loud as hell. You wake up on like a Saturday yeah. morning, and someone on the other side of town is buzzing one of those stupid things on the day after yeah. Christmas. You're gonna wake up yes. to it. Yeah, and Three. that's just like little drones, like government drones, drones that you know kill people on yeah. lists. Those things are deafening. They they float real high, but if they're on ground level, yes. floating around hallways and stuff, you're gonna you're gonna hear them. They're gonna they're gonna wake up the neighbors. The
1: damp sound dampening tech that they had was.
0: You're sad. right, Tommy. There must be some kind of like maybe a noise canceling frequency that just like counteracts the sine wave, you know, so that like whatever sound it puts out, there's like an inverse sound that just like neutralizes it. That's the only explanation. (laughs) It doesn't make sense otherwise.
1: What's the opposite of a buzz? A whisper?
0: You are a sad, strange little man and you have my pity. They're just white noise machines. They're floating white noise machines putting us all to yeah. sleep. Now, there was a crazy subtle line about BARF way back in Civil War that I think does justify a lot of this crazy logic. It's the way that Tony Stark described the BARF tech.
1: Binarily augmented retroframing, or BARF. God, I gotta work on that acronym. An extremely costly method of hijacking the hippocampus to clear traumatic memories. So.
0: Barf mm. literally reads our minds. The hippocampus stores memory, and that's how you know Tony was using barf in that moment. But like, also in your brain are your temporal and frontal lobes that deal with perception—how you view the outside world through the five senses or six senses in your case, Tommy.
1: Yes, that's a good thought, Eric, which I just knew.
0: Oh, well, I'm glad you read my mind that moment, because many other moments yes. there's some. Oh, Ow. Eric, shame <sighs> on me. I'm sorry. Oh God. You shouldn't you shouldn't read my mind. Eric it's going to some dark places. Oh, it's in God. the rabbit hole now. It can't it can't grasp on anything. Uh, I can't unsee oh. it. I have to go to my happy place. But you know, we have landed in the happy place now. <laughs> so basically, in addition to projection, Barf can trick your brain into thinking what you're seeing is real. So that kind of explains why they don't really see through the smoke screen. Is it's not just like what they're seeing, it's it's already in their mind. Also, it's mm. it's a full package they're getting in this illusion to augment all this team mysterio includes a wardrobe expert don't discount great wardrobe it makes all the difference and believability clothes make the man and there's no such thing as an empty suit they they have a set decorator who actually we did a breakdown of this before they designed that prog bar with subliminal messages all over the walls. So there's like military medals hanging in the background. There's a picture of sunglasses right over Quentin Beck's shoulder from Peter Parker's vantage point. So they're basically like tricking him into being like, oh, this trusted friend is a military hero in his like fake narrative from his past. And he should be trusted with these glasses. They're like brainwashing him in every possible way they can brainwash him. One of them we also found must be a sleight of hand expert because someone walks up tells peter that he dropped his glasses on the floor he didn't drop those glasses they pickpocketed him and made it seem like he's Mm. careless and should not hold on to these glasses to to guilt trip him into giving them to quentin beck and then there's our good man goot scooterman he's a screenwriter he's the one who can see the whole backstory that really a post blip peter parker and nick fury would believe of like alternate dimensions Mm -hmm. crashing into this one they have an expert vfx team these are like the ultimate filmmakers and as we saw in inception that extended metaphor of a filmmaker team hacking our dreams that's essentially what team mysterio is and i yeah they can hack my dreams any night of the week because i have some as you've seen by reading my mind i've had some really dark thoughts run through this nugget
1: please god me me too i've been taking melatonin and i've got to be honest it's giving me nightmares i think i gotta stop i don't know what (laughs) They they did warn me it might work too well, so no more melatonin for this sweet baby. (laughs) Uh,
0: Now, we gotta ask, what was really going on in that moment in Berlin in Far From Home? So Peter gets in a car that's driven by Fury, but it's not Nick Fury. This is all part of an illusion. Nick Fury's in a completely different location, but he's sitting inches away from this projection, doesn't sense the fakery. Who was really driving that car? Was was Quentin Beck driving the car? Was a drone driving the car?
1: Like, just believe me, I'm Nick Fury. Was was Elon Musk, Tesla tech, Technology, self-driving technology. Yeah, was it that? Elon Musk would totally be in bed with Quentin. Oh, He would love Quentin.
0: And, and Elon Musk yeah. is in the MCU. He had that cameo in Iron Man too, so he's around.
1: That's true. Elon Musk. Good idea for an electric jet. You do. Yeah. Then we'll make it work.
0: But just to project Nick Fury, just think of the angles they must've had to have. They must've had at least a drone in the back seat, a silent one, but like a drone hovering in front of the car as they're driving, a drone in the side window, a drone probably behind Peter. Like this must've been like, I imagine other Berlin drivers just looking over on the Audubon being like, the. F- is going on. This is not safe driving. Lots of drones and
1: driving next to the car. Another Hollywood studio movie just created traffic for us. I can't drive my Volkswagen so fast down the road with all this Hollywood tomfoolery everywhere. I will write to our parliamentary chancellor to change legislation. <laughs> Tell the Angela Merkel there'll be no more photo cameras on the <laughs> Autobahn anymore. Cut to a thousand angry YouTube comments. Oh, you are so on the- that things have now become very
0: much like Donkey Kong. We could have gone to so many more dark places with making fun of Germany. Shouldn't you be making weird art movies or well-engineered cars? What I will concede is this construction site that he takes them to thinking it's like headquarters. That makes sense because that's just like an empty space they could use as like a theater performance space so they could rehearse and walk everything through. Like, you know, J-Lo um, moving the, <laughs> the furniture around in enough to like plan it all out. Like kind of like a haunted maze, which is essentially what this is, it's a haunted maze that they set decorate with projection.
1: By the way, I can't believe you just name checked
0: enough. That's a very important (laughs) movie. I think I haven't seen it in 20 years.
1: (laughs) My favorite Juliette Lewis, Jennifer Lopez joint of all time, (laughs) for sure. So what we should acknowledge
0: that construction site fine, but this moving car makes no sense. And it just shows how Mm. effective and freaking crazy this tech is. This is this is like infinity stone level tech because really yeah. together, collectively team Mysterio, I would say are God level illusionists. In fact, in our mm-hmm. weapon power ranking episode that we did a couple months ago, I ranked Mysterio's tech higher than most of the weapons we've seen in the MCU, including Cap's shield, uh, Black Panther's vibranium technology, and, and most of the Tony Stark mark suits that we've seen over the years. Just because if you can pull the wool over people's eyes, you can accomplish so many things. I made it sound like I have some evil plot, but I, maybe I I'm should.
1: scared. My involvement in the show now, I'm like, <laughs> what is the end game of this? <laughs> Stick around. This is a pound on my door. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've kept you sitting there for 40 minutes, and now my goons will have their way with you. Editor, um,
0: fade me away into Sam Jackson or a drone or something. <laughs> uh, do they do it? Thanks, editor. <laughs> <laughs> Let's actually compare Mysterio's tech to other similar Marvel illusion attacks that we've seen. Because there's actually been a bunch. The first instance of these illusion attacks was Scarlet Witch in Age of Ultron. So basically she used her hands to just like spew nightmare imagery in the Avengers' minds, and it paralyzed them in the middle of those fights. Each triggered a traumatic fear or memory that was specific to them. Like Tony, he saw aliens attacking Earth, scaring him from his, you know, nightmare after the first Avengers. For Cap, he was brought back to that fear of missing out with Peggy Carter. For Thor, he was with us as Guardians and Heimdall, and like, they all died foreshadowing Ragnarok, his deeper fear. For Natasha, it was, of course, the Red Room, fears that we'll see re-explored in the new Black Widow movie. Hulk, what whatever happened to Hulk cabin off screen? We just saw him yeah. going berserk in Johannesburg all pissed off with red eyes, assuming yeah. that she put something in his head to piss him off. We don't know exactly what right. it was.
1: We're not 100% sure on what happened. He might have just eaten some bad veal or something. Yeah, he,
0: he stepped on a splinter or something like that.
1: Hulk splinter. Hulk need tweezers. <laughs> Would he use like gardening shears as tweezers?
0: They still don't work. Now, Wanda's illusions, though, were temporary. They were off over time. And they were clearly mm. just like specific memories based nightmares. Like, I think the Avengers walked away from that experience knowing that those were illusions rather than continuing yeah. to question everything in the reality. It's not that effective. But let's compare this to the Reality Stone, which is a freaking God Rock Infinity Stone that was there during the Big Bang. So in mm-hmm. Infinity War, Thanos uses this Reality Stone to trick the Asgardians with a smokescreen of nowhere that wasn't on fire. And he uh, mm-hmm. conjured a blue man from Arrested Development. A lot of fun stuff happening. And then he ended up tricking Gamora. This is actually a fun tactic that we learned in our recent Infinity war rewatch uh he had that dagger her dagger that he gave her when he ended up sacrificing her on vermeer he had it tucked in his belt really he just did that to trick gamora into thinking she had a suicide option in case things got too real but it was mm. never there it was just bubbles so like she mm. might not have gone along with him had that dagger not been in his belt but that was a really clever form of brainwashing that he pulled on her he also used it of course to turn mantis into ribbons drax into cubes he turns peter quill's Blastifier
1: also into bubbles. A lot of bubbles going on here. A lot of big bubble fetish guy, Thanos. <laughs> yeah. loves, loves big bathtubs. I've, I've gone to his pay, his OnlyFans. It's all him in a bathtub.
0: <laughs> now on Titan, he used the Reality Stone as like a PowerPoint slideshow. Like the show is playing its path. And then he uses it And the wizard duel against Dr. Strange, he manipulates the ground beneath Strange's feet to, like, drag him in. I thought that was kind of cool. But again, the the reality stone's kind of a wimpy stone. Its effects are temporary. When Thanos Mm -hmm. leaves nowhere, Drax and Mantis just come back together. Nothing happened. And then in terms of overall damage, I would rank the reality stone as the least destructive infinity stone. I mean, even the soul stone, which we rarely see him actually use, that requires a blood sacrifice to attain it, at least. The reality stone was an angry sludge in the dark world and then stopped being that effective at that point right now we should talk about loki the god of mischief he also has the power to conjure false projections but really in the mcu it seems confined to his own form like he can make copies Mm -hmm. of himself he can disguise Mm -hmm. himself as other people he can put himself somewhere else it's kind of like i'm over here actually like misdirection but not like creating big illusions that everyone is trapped in now dr strange technically has the power to create illusions He did hide the Time Stone by disguising it as a star in the background in that battle in Infinity War. And there was a deleted scene that the writers wrote out that would have shown him trapping Thanos in this trial illusion where the Living Tribunal would have judged him as guilty. That didn't end up making it in the film, of course. But really, I would say Strange is more interested in other spells or like teleporting, actually teleporting his enemies to other alternate dimensions like the mirror dimension. He doesn't have time to do illusions he's an actual sorcerer
1: he's not going to be a chris angel level illusionist bringing it all the way back to the beginning he's not doing magic for humans he's doing i'm going to put half of your body in another realm and the other half here and cut you in half via teleportation.
0: He should be doing so much more amputation. Like uh, Wong uses the portal to cut off Cole Obsidia's arm. That needs to happen constantly. They should have used that on Thanos' arm to get the gauntlet.
1: Interdimensional buzzsaws. They should, that's what they should just be, mowing people in half and yes. Yeah,
0: that should be happening constantly. Agreed. Now, another example of like illusions and brainwashing that's happening, the Kree Supreme Intelligence in Captain Marvel actually did implant false memories to gaslight Carol Danvers into thinking oh, yeah. the scroll were behind the bad things that happened to her instead of mm-hmm. the Kree doing it to her. Kind of like in that Black Mirror episode, I think, in, in season three or season four, I can't remember. It, it reprograms its soldiers into seeing the scroll as these beastly monsters that they have to, like, mow down. But really, the Skrull are actually not that bad they're like refugees (laughs) i would say this is an example of one of the subtle but lasting illusions in the mcu and it's very dangerous it's like a good cautionary tale to see what happens to like an advanced alien race that decides it wants to, like, control the minds of its people. Now, uh, shifting over to the Marvel comics, very briefly here, there are mutants, of course, like Jean Grey, Charles Xavier, who can warp people's realities to create telepathic illusions, but really, I think those two use their powers to, like, influence thoughts and a bit of mind mm-hmm. control, but they try to help people get to their own conclusions and just stop right. enemies in their tracks. There is a mutant illusionist called Mastermind from the Hellfire Club, that's Jason Windgrade. He actually inspired the character Jason Stryker, remember in X2, X-Men United? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he, that was Stryker's son in that movie, but he mm-hmm. used an illusion to trick Professor X into weaponizing Cerebro, and then, oh, you know, yeah. Magneto took control of the situation and used them to weaponize it and reverse it so that it targeted, you know, non-mutants, humans. So we did see a bit of this illusion stuff, uh, and we have yet to see whether that X-Men timeline is MCU canon. <laughs> There's a couple theories out there. We, we don't know. God, I hope it is.
1: I need Logan Roy to be, to be William Stryker. <laughs> F*** <Fuck> off! F***! <laughs> Everyone gather round, gather round. I'm going to announce who's going to be the next head of the army. (laughs) It's me.
0: Just like uh, Peter Parker and Happy Hogan playing Boar on the Floor. Boar
1: on the Floor! Cue that, like, amazing piano riff. Oh, my God. <laughs> Someone, Internet, get on this. Make a super cut of, the, of a scene from X2 with succession music. God, I beg of you. We do need to go to the Internet. We can make our editors do right. it. Editor, please, now. Did they did they do it? Thanks, Editor. <laughs> Thanks, Editors. <laughs> yeah. We don't realize, but in another timeline, five hours from now, John's shaking his head, cursing our yeah, name. Just pouring a heavy one. Just like, it's going a long night. I am not f***ing drunk. Margarita Wednesdays. Never (laughs) thought I'd say those words. I am not... (laughs) Drunk. <laughs> He's drinking
0: margaritas to Tr- sorrows. I love it. <laughs> now, this brings up the question of what worse things could Mysterio still do? Because as I said, Team Mysterio is still active. William Gintareva downloaded this file and he presented doctored footage to J. Jonah Jameson to discredit Peter Parker. And really, in doing so, he launched a very powerful fake news network in the MCU.
1: I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. And
0: as I point out, Quentin Beck might still be alive because Peter did not ask Edith specifically if Beck was dead. Is this real?
1: All illusions are down, Peter.
0: Yeah, and that did not answer the question. Uh, All illusions are down doesn't tell us if Beck is like shitting himself on that bridge to commit to the role of corpse. (laughs) You know, you gotta check a pulse. You gotta give it a big sniff. That's right, big sniff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, Mysterio, if you've read all, every Marvel comic, you know Mysterio's done all kinds of crazy stuff, all kinds of crazy illusions, like trapping people in toy boxes and, and all kinds of crazy special effects. But in the Old Man Logan comic, Mysterio reaches his darkest depths because that's set in an alternate reality. It's a post-apocalyptic future in which Mysterio has, in the backstory of this storyline, has tricked Wolverine into killing the X-Men by making the X-Men look and sound and even smell like enemies mm. to old man Logan, and he killed them all. And it's tragic. It, it makes Logan feel suicidal. He tries to lay on a train track, let a, a freight train hit him. It doesn't work. It's horrible. And then, it, you know, the Marvel villains take over the world. Now, the movie Logan actually hints at a similar Westchester incident, but mm. we find out that was, like, Charles Xavier's own telepathic seizure that ended up killing all the mutants and Logan was the only one who could survive it. So using this, I think we can conclude that the worst thing that Team Mysterio could do in this MCU is turn the Avengers and the other MCU heroes against each other, kind of like Zemo did in Civil War, but even more effectively. Like imagine Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange thinking they're enemies. Like Scarlet Witch thinks that Vision's death or Quicksilver's death might've been preventable if Doctor Strange did something about it. And those two crazy sorcerers, they could level a city. Imagine if he uh, tricks Hulk into thinking like, there's a threat in Wakanda. If Hulk just goes around smashing Wakanda, now that he knows where it is, that's terrifying. Imagine if he brainwashes Thor into thinking a bunch of frost giants have taken over Midland High School. What up, dorks? Peter Parker's high school in Queens. And Peter Parker's just trying to keep right. them from killing kids in, in the gymnasium because Thor thinks they're elves. That's it, it, terrifying. So yeah. really, they could build an entire world based on lies and deception. They can brainwash all of our society the way the Kree are brainwashed, but Earth is filled with Avengers.
1: I, I don't know, though. Are people really going to believe that a malevolent man could really brainwash an entire society of people? I don't know. That seems a little too far-fetched. I don't think I don't think Americans will go for that at all
0: yeah luckily we're taping this episode in uh in the good timeline who knows what happens when that alternate earth diverged around 2011 or whenever that happens that's true cut that out john too political so in conclusion tommy i think we can conclude that mysterio got in the heroes heads more than any other mcu villain he was able to fool nick fury that's crazy
1: that to me is the, that's the checkmate move right there and
0: you could say oh it wasn't nick fury it was a scroll but like nick fury yeah. signed off on talos filling in for him in this assignment he, i don't think he had no idea that mysterio existed it, and it was his operation still really only thanos has haunted an avenger this much but mm. you can think thanos's damage is mostly undone Like there are other, you know, effects of the blip, but mostly it's not that bad. Mysterio has like told everyone you can't trust anything. And also anyone can pick up that torch. Like we have most of the members of team Mysterio, but like anybody can fill that role if they just know how to use the tech. Any good actor Mm -hmm. can just like pick up that weapon. Uh, Peter Parker's right. exposed. That was like his most precious thing. He was really the only main MCU hero who had his secret identity. Now he doesn't have that anymore. No one mm-hmm. trusts him. No one believes anything. And I think that leaves the MCU in its most dangerous state going forward that we've ever seen before. So is a piece of shit. Yeah, him. <laughs> <laughs> Before we move on to some uh, bite-sized questions that Tommy's actually going to answer for us, we want to give a quick thank you to our sponsor, ExpressVPN. Sometimes our online research on New stars' videos takes us to some really, really dark places. The rabbit holes go in many different directions. Made some videos questioning Hulk's sexual life. And um, I'm not happy with the recommendations I now get on YouTube as a result of the internet keeping track mm-hmm. of my search history. <laughs> Oh, boy. It's times like these when it doesn't really matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can still see every site you visited. And that is why, whether at home or at work, we use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so that your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. It runs seamlessly in the background. Just tap one button and you are protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV, so there's no excuse for you to not be using it. If you visit our special link right now at expressvpn.com slash bigq, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com slash bigq.
1: God knows I do it, Eric. And when you're a man like me, you'd be a fool not to protect your circuits. <laughs> good Lord. All right, let's move on
0: to a few bite-sized questions that Tommy is gonna take over for us. Tommy, you ready? I'm ready. Hit me. Our friend Crack Jackal on Discord asked, <laughs> if Peter Parker had taken his iron spider suit on his trip in Far From Home, would that suit have detected the drones and illusions? It's
1: a very good question. I did a little research here. Now we know that uh, Mysterio uses his own Drone, previous to acquiring the Edith technology, and mm-hmm. Peter is unable to to detect those. Once they do acquire the uh, the Edith technology and the Stark drones, it's on a new operating system. So we don't know that the Iron Spider suit has been updated uh, yet to. Be able to have that type of detection, and and also one of the reasons that Peter has trouble detecting drones is because his, if you remember, his spider sense is still weakened from the blip or the snap. Oh right, yeah, yeah. he's still suffering from all that PTSD. Aunt May is actually able to hit him with a banana (laughs) that she throws at him. Hungry? He's not firing on all cylinders, and so you really don't see him get his full spider sense and and powers back until the final battle with Mysterio. So I guess the answer I have for this question, which is a really fun question, is a big fat maybe.
0: (laughs) Well, that's that's a very good point, because you gotta think Team Mysterio probably planned out Peter's whole trip, and they would not have uh, done that Assuming that he just would decide not to bring his iron spider suit. They must right, have like accounted right. for that. Their drones are in yeah. a separate operating system, and it wasn't until London where they had all of yeah. these Stark Linked drones. You're right.
1: And yeah. I think the X factor again is just the fact that he his Spider Sense wasn't he wasn't full strength Spider-Man.
0: All right, next question. Not that Brandon Clark on Twitter actually asked me this recently, but I think we should dig more into it. Has a movie ever switched directors in the middle of production, but still turned out good? I'm assuming he's talking about, like, the switch from uh, Zack Snyder to Joss Whedon in the Snyder uh, Justice League movie.
1: Great question. I know you answered some already, Eric. I did a little bit of a deep dive, and there's actually a pretty big precedent for these things being successful. Actually, there are three different Pixar movies that all change directors within a year of their release. And as you know, Pixar Uh movies take, you know, three to four years, sometimes even more. Brave? Ratatouille and The Good Dinosaur, and while The Good Dinosaur is not considered a mega hit, it's still made over $300 million, all changed directors within the final year of production. Uh, And that's just animation Live action, we've got Spartacus Replaced Anthony Mann with Stanley Kubrick And although there's a lot of problems with Spartacus Watch any award show And they seem to show clips from Spartacus An awful lot So that's a Kubrick movie Uh, The Outlaw Josie Wales, famously directed by Clint Eastwood Was in production for a couple weeks With another director named Philip Kaufman Before Clint decided to take over and direct it And a lot of people think that really launched the clint eastwood actor slash director dynamic yeah a side note henry winkler was replaced three weeks into shooting of turner and hooch which is the reason why ironically there is a strange tom hanks henry winkler beef what no the two most loved men in hollywood allegedly don't really like each other i didn't Uh, know that yeah isn't that crazy like i mean though it kind of makes sense like the two people that everyone likes, they got like to they, they dislike yeah. s- someone. No one searches my backyard for Barbie's. Finally, if you'll allow me to bend the rules, to me, the mother of all examples of this is... Uh, A man named Dick Richards was hired to produce a movie about a murderous shark terrorizing a a small village off the coast of Long Island. And he kept trolling the producers by referring to the shark as a whale and pretending he was confused about the point of the movie. He did not want to direct it. So they replaced him with a man named Steven Spielberg and we got the movie Jaws. See it before you go swimming. Now cameras had not technically rolled yet, but the movie was well into pre-production before Steven Spielberg took over. Then they had another extended pre-production where they, you know, improved on things and Steven very famously with his team created Bruce the mechanical shark That's and right. uh, we now have jaws. So that one's a little bit more of a stretch, but I think there's plenty more movies that, you know, we probably don't even realize had a director for a week That's and right. then, you know, obviously you know when it goes horribly wrong. You probably rarely hear when it goes right.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the point. The modern era has publicized all this stuff because, you know, Mm -hmm. social media, people have special access. You have things like Deadline and TMZ that has like special access to behind the scenes that we didn't have in like the old era of cinema.
1: Your average person probably wouldn't care. In 1975, as long as it's playing on Friday night, they're probably going to see. Yeah. They probably could care less, but now where information is such a commodity, so. you're right.
0: You're totally right. And that's like one thing we got. We got to keep in mind. There's a lot more going on behind the scenes that you know we'll just never know. Like you mentioned Spielberg with Jaws, there's a whole thing where Spielberg shot uh, E.T. And he really did direct Poltergeist at the same time, but because of DGA and studio rules, he, like, they had to accredit to that other director. But that director has said, like, eh, Spielberg shot most of this movie. Yeah. Uh, when Spielberg shot Schindler's List, he did some of the principal production, but, like, a second unit director shot most of Jurassic Park, two movies that were shot pretty much in the same year around the same mm-hmm. time. Right. As, uh Schindler's List, Jurassic Park. So, like, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. It doesn't matter like the story behind these movies does not it 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 affects our view of the creative result way too much in my opinion And, and people go into movies already hating it because they hated the process that went on behind the scenes Alright, we have time for one more uh, question. We're going to pull this from the mail bag, the box of mail shame, and our question yes. this week is, our, on our golden ticket, have you ever been part of, or felt you were part of a cult?
1: Huh. <laughs> Alright. Yes. Well, Eric, you and I uh, both were at the uh, I.O. West in Hollywood for many years. That was very (laughs) cult-like. Very
0: cult-like. It ended at just the right time because now every existing improv theater is being torn down for all of their skeletons in their closet. My backyard for bodies.
1: Exactly. We got out of the game two years as early But Don't We Look Like Woke uh, Pioneers. (laughs) Now, anyway, I have uh, two different times in my life felt like I was part of a uh, cult organization one when i was in college i joined a fraternity (laughs) and this felt to me fine at the time but looking back there were certain things where it was like oh there was really a lot of like obligatory engagement on my end and like taking myself away from other social groups and friends and and dedicating all of my time to this fraternity. Now, like most cults, there were the seductive elements of frat parties and tons of drinking. And the reason I, I put this as my 1A is because ultimately, I would say 80% of my frat were in it to party as much as possible right. and like kind of hang out and play video games. And there were 20% that were like, knew all of the founders, knew all of the codes, mm-hmm. knew like the, the songs and everything. And so that to me was more of a frat that I could get or cult that I could could get down with. However, the true cult experience in my life was playing for a fairly fairly successful football program in high school that... We were really, really good. We didn't lose a lot of games. The varsity teams ahead of me had won state championships at the triple A level, which is the biggest schools playing against the yeah, that's a big most deal. competitive schools. So that experience to me was more cult like because if you had anyone in your life suggest that the football team was not the most important thing in your life, the people on the team, including the coaches, would vilify that person for saying that to you. My team, my rules. You don't like it? Don't let the door be on the way out. There's always this thing where coaches will say, you know, family comes first, you know, school comes second, then football. But in reality, on that team, football came first. And if you made any excuses, you were ostracized. Now I was not super, super good at football, so I didn't get too, too beat up when I eventually quit the team in my senior year of high school. My brother was a star on the team. Oh and wow! When he quit, he just hated football. Like he, he loves, you know, he liked watching it. He didn't like playing and he didn't like the violent contact. When he quit, they were merciless to him. They wow. like terrorized him through the halls. His friends were not allowed to be his friends anymore. I mean, it was truly crazy. And side note. Many of you have noticed that I have this big bald patch in the center of my face and you comment about it on the YouTube videos. This was from a football helmet going directly into my face in a football game once. Uh, So that's why I don't have hair there. I have answered that in a couple of comments. So that was one gift I got for joining the cult was uh, getting my jaw broken by a football helmet. Holy shit. you, you still
0: know, have the scars from this experience. Still
1: the battle scars, but a lot of fun. And you know, you got to hold hands with the cheerleaders when you walked out to the 50 yard line. So For me, it's a toss up. Merciless bullying, handholding of cheerleaders. So yeah. you take the good, you take the bad, and add them up. What do you have? The football <laughs> How about you, Eric? Any cults for you?
0: Yeah, some cult-like experiences. Uh, you mentioned improv, and yeah, definitely our improv experience. It, if there were any more money being made from this, uh, at least at IO, I mean, used to be Second City, There, there is money being made there, so we can call those cults. But um, in college, yeah, I mean, our improv club had like 100 people in it. It was very fratty, and while it was not itself a cult, because there was never a figurehead in it, you know, it's college, so people are always cycling in and out, mm-hmm. um, there was definitely some cult-like behavior in that, yeah, There was a lot of that exclusionary, suppressive uh, person exclusion where, like, oh, they're not really committed, so you're not allowed to affiliate with them anymore. There was a lot of just, like, drama. But, I mean, every club has drama, but there was one specific, like kind of cult moment uh, where like there was a guy who we kind of like brought up in the club who we thought was the nicest guy in the world. And he was always like helpful. He was always like showing up to stuff, helping us like build props and sets. We talked to other like newer people in the club. They're like, yeah, that guy's an asshole. He's so mean to us. We realized he on our behalf was like being so shitty to everyone underneath. But that's like a big thing in cults. Like you have the middleman, right? Who like worships the cult leader, but then it terrorizes everyone else. Like as like as their attack dog. So anyway, but, but that wasn't so much of a cult. The creepy cult experience is like, I grew up Catholic and I'm not saying all religions are cults, but my family was really involved in our church and I would do the readings sometimes. It's like a youth mm-hmm. lector, I think they called mm-hmm. it. And so I would do like the first reading or the second reading, because my dad was really involved with that. Uh, he still is. But after a uh, church service one time, a guy who I just knew from around the church pulled me aside and he goes, hey, you're a really good speaker. You should come to our our prayer group uh, tonight, and I'd love for you to speak about what it means to be like uh, a teenager and, and and having the faith. And I'm like, yeah, sure. These guys, I see them around church all the time. They're they're important leaders. So I had my mom drive me back to the the parish center afterwards, and and she's like, what is this? I'm like, no, it's it's like part of this important group. But I go in there, and it's a real off the books. Thing. <laughs> like they are not an organized group it was just like 15 dudes who are all in their 40s or 50s and they're saying prayers and singing a lot of, there's a lot of songs that's how i mm-hmm. know it was like a little culty it's just a lot yeah. of songs yeah and i'm like yeah. what is the structure of this they're singing songs that aren't like in any of the hymnals people yeah. are crying Deep cuts. Uh, yeah yeah it was really uncomfortable and they have me speak it's like it ends up being like two hours. And they have me speak at like an hour, 50 minutes in. So I'm oh, sitting wow. there the whole time and people are like hugging me. It's like more of like a support group, but I don't really know exactly what it's about. It's just like an off the book church men's group. And then I do my little speech. It's just kind of like a semi-improvised thing about like, oh, I'm going to public school next year, but I want to continue to be a good Catholic. And then at the end, they were so impressed with my speech. One I'll never forget. One of them looks at me and he goes, Wow, I mean, y'all, I feel like I'm looking at the next president of the United States. (laughs) I was 14, and someone's like, Joe, Joe, future president? He's like, yeah, future president, whatever,
1: whatever. No, oh, right now. I want him to run right now.
0: <laughs> we can run him. He'll be our boy king. He'll change <laughs> this world. He'll give us
1: our, our Gilead. Oh, hell, our beautiful blonde boy king. I love his, his beautiful blonde face.
0: <laughs> Let's sing.
1: <laughs> Michael Rowe, your boat ashore. Oh, Lord.
0: That would have been a familiar tune. Yeah, you're Nothing, right. I, I hadn't heard any of these songs before. Some of it was in different yeah. languages that that were not languages I had heard. And afterwards, my mom was in the parking lot, was so pissed off. She had stayed the whole time. I thought this was going to be like 15 minutes. Mm. She sat in the car the whole time and she goes, what the hell was that? And I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. And I'm like, I forgot the name of the group. But she's like, that's not a real group. That's, they aren't like an affiliated group with the church. It's just a bunch of dudes who found an empty room at the church every Sunday night and you got sucked in. You're never going back there. No. (laughs) So that was my cult experience. And I did go back the next Sunday and the room was empty, but, uh, sometimes at church I would see some of them and they would give me a weird handshake and a weird nod and they had like Ah. bruises on their eyes. (laughs) So, uh, I'm still a member of it and, (laughs) uh... (laughs) I'm, I'm gonna go speak there tonight because I'm gonna be the next president of the United States.
1: All hail President Voss. I'll vote
0: <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, that is our show. Reminder that you can join our official Discord by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash newrockstars. You can get an audio version of the show by subscribing to New Rockstars Big Question wherever you get your podcast. Tommy, thank you so much for joining us this week.
1: Thanks for having me. I can't wait to go to a barber and <laughs> trim my eyebrows, which I am currently realizing are, they are curled up like the people in Dune. Have you ever <laughs> seen David Lynch's Dune? uh, Uh Good Lord, it's (laughs) it's getting kind of bad over here. You're kind of like the the gatekeeper of Oz. Like, who rang that bell? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, pray for me, everyone. Uh, Pray for me (laughs) as much as you can. Thank you.
0: <laughs> and thanks to everyone who submitted our questions on Twitter and on Discord. And if you use Twitter, use the hashtag Big Question to get our attention. You can also mail us at our PO Box. But really, Discord is the fastest way we see these questions. So become a patron. Join our Discord, and, and we'll, we'll see your questions. You'll, you'll get preferential treatment because you're helping keep this channel alive. Uh, you can follow me at Voss. You can follow Tommy at Tommy TommyVechtold yes. on all social media. And you can follow New Rockstars and Socials, of course. Subscribe here on YouTube to get too much information on all the stuff you care about. See you all next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>